What is going on, Cover 7 family? I hope y'all are having a great Saturday, having a great weekend. And as all you beautiful people know, we've got the biggest game of the year coming up on Monday as we have the national championship game, which will be played out in L.A. at SoFi Stadium between, drumroll please, TCU Horn Frogs and the Georgia Bulldogs. A matchup that, to be frankly, no one expected. Now, everybody, obviously, with Georgia, you know, you're coming off a national championship win last year. Makes a little bit of sense why they're back in this position because, well, to be frank, outside of defense, they did retain a decent amount of pieces, most notably Stetson Bennett as their quarterback, who was a Heisman finalist this year. So, still a productive team, but this year, they're going up against another solid team in TCU who's coming off an absolute beatdown of Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. The score may not show that, 51-45, to but if you watch this game, it, it completely was just, TCU was able to exploit all of the weaknesses that Michigan does have, the very few that they do have, and well, it's going to be an interesting matchup between these two teams. We're going to be previewing it, not necessarily going down each stat and everything like that, you know, breaking down each little, each individual thing, but we're going to be, you know, previewing the whole entire game for you beautiful people. So guys, make sure you sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab popcorn, or, or grab, you know, popcorn with hot sauce, and all a few people to do that, a little bit weird, but still... Hey, if that's your thing, go for it. Nothing wrong with it. But um, And then also, you know, if you're on your way to work and you're listening to this, I mean, I know it's Saturday, so obviously I don't think many people do work. But if you are heading to work, please make sure you have a coffee in your hand and you're just chilling on your way to work listening to today's preview. So, guys, I don't want to waste y'all's time anymore. Don't want to waste my time either because, as you all know, we got some stuff we got to talk about. So let's dive right into today's episode and preview episode as we're going to be talking about the 2022 College Football National Championship game. Now, as I mentioned a little bit early on, this game is going to be played out in California at SoFi Stadium, home of the L.A. Rams and Chargers. And, you know, this matchup was not expected. I mean, I don't think anybody, you know, would tell you that they had this on their bingo card that TCU, by any means, me being a TCU fan and Stan, I full-heartedly didn't even expect us to even make it to the college football playoff, if you're telling me, you know, at the beginning of this season. Because, well, under first-year head first year head coach Sonny Dykes you know obviously it's kind of a rebuilding year right you know you lose your greatest coach in program history and Gary Patterson one of the best defensive minds in college football history you know you fire him at the end of last season or he resigned technically I mean we all anyway but regardless you know this year was not expected for TCU I mean they jumped out absolutely on fire undefeated regular season 12 and 0 now they had a lot of close games you know Oklahoma State took them to two overtimes Kansas came down to literally the last play so this team has definitely you know battled a lot of adversity but they've been able to overcome it and you know their first you know loss didn't even come until the Big 12 championship game against a solid K-State team that made it to the All-State Sugar Bowl against Bama now Bama they had some fun with Kansas State in that game but if you watched you know K-State and TCU pretty much the entire season both of those teams have some of the best offenses in the nation. With K-State, you got Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn, who Deuce Vaughn performed really good in the first quarter of that Sugar Bowl game, not really in the rest, but regardless, still was a really good team, really well-disciplined team, which is something you don't really see a ton of you know, outside of, say, the SEC or quote-unquote the Big Ten. But um, anyway, you know, TCU, an absolute historic season, one for the ages. Definitely this season was something that a lot of people felt they should have had back in 2014. You know, they went 11-1, and shared the Big 12 title with Baylor back when both of those teams were top 10 consistently. Unfortunately, were left out of the playoff as they would drop three spots in the final rankings after blowing out Iowa State 
55-3 to in that final week. So definitely, this has been a moment that a lot of TCU fans, myself included, have been waiting to see. And, you know, when TCU, you know, they were able to still get in after their loss against K-State, which is only by three points in overtime. I mean, this was truly, okay, we've got our opportunity. Let's prove it to the nation that, you know, we're worthy of being in this position. And, you know, going into the Fiesta Bowl, there was a lot of chatter. I mean, there was a lot of chatter between Michigan and TCU. A lot of Michigan players saying, you know, TCU is not going to be ready for the physicality of the Big Ten, the offensive line we're going to bring, defensive line. I think it's definitely safe to say that TCU was exactly ready for the toughness of the Big Ten because, you know, even without Kendra Miller for the second half of the game, which Kendra Miller, when he came out of the game, the star running back for TCU, he was averaging seven yards a carry. Had eight rushes for about, I think it was about 56 yards, I want to say 56, 58, somewhere in that little range area. So, I mean, they, they, were, they were struggling to stop the run at TCU. And, you know, for Michigan, their team that, well, very much runs the football well. And with Donovan Edwards broke off a 50-yard rush to kick off the game literally on the first play. And, you know, me, I'm like, man, this is going to be a game where Michigan, you know, they're right. The physicality is going to be too much. But TCU stops them, you know, stops them pretty much right on the goal line, is able to get, you know, stop them on fourth down, which was just a weird play call trying to do a Philly special, you know, in that situation. But regardless – TCU stood up to the challenge, and yes, they did get, you know, kind of thrown the ball over a lot in this game by J.J. McCarthy and Ronnie Bell and I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. But, you know, so TCU definitely did not have their best defensive performance, but when it mattered the most, their defense stood up immensely. Bud Clark had a pick six to open the game. D. Winters had a pick six. Dylan Horton, a guy that a lot of people probably never even heard of. He was a New Mexico transfer and comes over to TCU these past two seasons, and he had six sacks going into this game. And he had four sacks on the day against J.J. McCarthy. So definitely TCU, you know, running that 3-3-5, which is not necessarily a pressure type of defense. They're not necessarily going to get to the quarterback a ton. But when they do blitz, and that speed that TCU has, it's something you've got to watch out for. So for Georgia, that's another thing you've got to watch out for because they disguise a lot, and I mean a lot of pass rush situations because, well, you've got five defensive backs, three linebackers, which those three linebackers are some of the best in the nation. you got D. Winters who balled out. Had a pick six in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl against Michigan. Johnny Hodges, the Navy transfer, who's really emerged as one of the best you know linebackers in the Big 12. And then Jamoy Hodge, a guy that you know originally was kind of called a dirty player because of the hit that he had on Dylan Gabriel to, um, early on in the season, I think about week five. But regardless, that linebacker core TCU is really good. And you know obviously they're going up against probably their toughest test that they're going to face ever. And you know and it's also too it's also funny too because people forget that these two programs actually played each other back in 2016 in the Liberty Bowl, back when Jacob Eason was the starting quarterback at Georgia, Nick Chubb was the starting running back, and Isaiah McKenzie, who was one of the starting wide receivers and one of the best kick returners at the time in college football. So, yeah, it's been a while since then, obviously, but still, you know, when you watch that game, Gary Patterson was still the head coach at the time. Kirby Smart, I think, was in either in his first or second season as a head coach of the Bulldogs. And both of these teams going into this game, Barely were at 500, but um, yeah, Georgia ended up getting the W 31 to 23 over TCU, and what was a really close game throughout the entirety of it. So you know, hopefully that's a sign to come for in this game, in the national championship game, mind you, between TCU and Georgia. Now to actually come to present day, because obviously that was six years ago. Nick Chubb was still in college, which that tells you it's been a little bit. But um, anyway, you know, in this game between TCU and Georgia. It's going to be a battle of the trenches, right? I mean, TCU, 
their defensive line has been kind of underrated at least. You're not necessarily getting the, the stacks and stats and everything you're going to want. But on the other side for TCU, on the offensive line, you know, they've really flourished in certain situations. Now, they did get a little bit exposed during the Texas game when they went down to Austin because Max Duggan was pretty much getting pressured almost every single play. And if Georgia is able to kind of mimic what Texas did, now obviously the one thing that Georgia does not have that Texas did have was TCU's former head coach who recruited half of these guys and Gary Patterson. But, but regardless, if Georgia is able to get that pass rush to TCU, I think that could cause some issues for the Horn Frogs. But, you know, kind of, you know, talk a little bit about last week in the Fiesta Bowl with TCU and Michigan. You know, we saw a lot of, you know, pressure get to Max Duggan, but he stayed composed in the pocket, stepped up, and was able to make the tough throws that normally, you know, most quarterbacks would not make. And funny enough, and I know if you really don't watch TCU, you probably won't understand this, but when Max Duggan is under pressure, that is when he performs the absolute best. Did it against Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. You know, obviously they did lose, but on that final drive and um, regulation, he went 98 yards to to the house, literally a 98 rushing yard drive. I mean, this this kid is made for moments like this, and definitely you can tell this team is pumped up, especially after winning against a team that everybody had them doubted. You know, Michigan was favored. I'm so sorry, guys. Michigan was favored by minus seven in this game. They were they were favored by minus seven in the Fiesta Bowl, and whenever TCU has been severely underrated or has been you know not favored to win a game and you know they're 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 facing another situation like that because here in the national championship game georgia is starting out as a minus 13 and a half um consensus pick so pretty much if you don't know how spreads and all that work anything minus means that you know you need to score or that team is favored by 13 points but here they do 13 and a half so pretty much georgia is expected to win by two touchdowns which 14 points now I think the spread is a little bit much because when you watch Georgia during their um, semifinal game against Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, their defense severely could not stop C.J. Stroud for most of that game. And even in that final drive when Ohio State got the ball back and they were able to go down the field, C.J. Stroud was able to run and get out of the pocket, which is something that Max Duggan does extremely well. You know, Georgia really could not stop them, and also a lot of the injuries that they do have on defense. They still have Khalid Ringo, one of the top cornerbacks in the nation. He's still healthy, but not having a guy like Nolan Smith off the edge, one of those guys that was a huge impact player in last year's championship team, that's definitely going to hurt him a little bit trying to contain Max Duggan. Now, they still have athletes all over the field, so that's not going to be an issue you know, for this Georgia team to be able to kind of contain Max, but still is something to monitor. And obviously, it was a little bit of luck, I guess you could say, that Georgia was even able to make the national championship game because Ohio State was in prime position to kick the game-winning field goal and go off into the sunset and play TCU in the national championship game. But the kicker would miss wide left. Georgia would be able to go to the national championship game as they're going to be able to try and defend you know, their previous national championship. So I'm kind of torn between who to pick in this game because it depends on you know, what TCU we're going to see and, you know, what Georgia we're going to see, right? Because there's been points in the season where these teams have been, you know, easily could be, you know, up at number one and number two in the nation. Obviously, Georgia, they're well-deserved at being number one, but they've shown moments of, you know, vulnerability. For example, on the road against Missouri, they were down at halftime, I think it was about 16 to 3, 16 to 7, which kind of raises the question, you know, 
is this the same Georgia team, but then they come back and end up winning, and then also they have games like they had against, you know, Tennessee and against Florida, where it's like, okay, this team is still absolutely legit, so it just kind of depends on, you know, how how humble can these teams stay, because we saw how that really negatively impacted Michigan, because, well, for, I mean, no offense to J.J. McCarthy, but for they, they thought it was going to be an automatic W, and if Georgia thinks this is going to be an automatic win, and they have no problems and no type of I guess you could say competition in this game, like this should be an easy win for them. They're going to be sadly mistaken because this TCU team, and I don't mean to you know, continue to sound like a broken record, they play, they play their best brand of football under Coach Dykes being the underdog, right? Being the underdog, you know, going on, and I, and I talked about it a little bit ago, going on the road at Texas, everybody counted them out. This is going to be TCU's first loss of the season, right? You're going down to Austin, Texas, home of the you know infamous Texas Longhorns. You're not going to be able to beat them. 17-10, to 10, and the only touchdown that Texas had in that game was a defensive touchdown. Now, and that game, too, also was when TCU's offense wasn't even playing that great either. That was more TCU's defense being just absolutely dominant against Quinn Ewers. And also... They held Bijan Robinson to 29 yards in that game rushing, which was something that no team had done for prior to that and even after that game. So something to also think about a little bit too. Now I'm not trying to sound like much of a homer either because Georgia, they're rightfully, you know, should be favored in this game. There's no doubt why they should. You have Brock Bowers, who is one of the most versatile tight end prospects you will ever see, right? This guy, not only is he a physical runner, he is elusive and quick. I mean, this dude will put a juke move on you and then also will truck you right after. I mean, this is a guy you do not want to mess with. They have Stetson Bennett, who's going on his 16th year of eligibility. In case you couldn't tell, I'm being sarcastic. Um, but, he, I mean, he's been in this program for a long time. Walked on in 2017, you know, would end up transferring out to a JUCO, would come back when Kirby Smart offered him. And, I mean, this dude has seriously been – I mean, he seriously understands, you know, what Georgia expects. And, you know, going in a game like this to be able to, you know, end your career as a two-time national champion is something that's severely on his mind, right? I mean, nothing is against Stetson Bennett, but he's not going to be an NFL guy. He's not going to go to the NFL and be, you know, starting quarterback. Maybe he's a backup but, I mean, this is really his final true game as being a starting quarterback on any level. So he's going to want to end it on a bang. And also, to Georgia's defense, I know they kind of got, you know, a little bit a little bit thrown around against Ohio State last, or last week in the Peach Bowl. I still think they're a really solid team because when you look at all their previous scores outside of Ohio State, you know, LSU in the SEC Championship game, they put up 30 points. A lot of that was in garbage time against Georgia Tech. Only gave them 14 on the road in Kentucky. Only gave up six. And then you just continue to keep looking and looking and looking. Number one, Tennessee at the time. Only put up 13 points on them at home. Now, you got to remember, that was with a healthy Hendon Hooker, Jalen Jalen Hyatt, and just an overall solid team. Florida, the week prior, only had 20. Vanderbilt didn't even put up any. Auburn only had 10. Missouri, in that comeback win, only had 22. So this is a team that you really do not want to mess with. And I think a lot of people forget, too, that to open this season when they played Oregon, they held the Ducks to three points, which which we all saw. Oregon had one of the best offenses in the entire nation this past season. So this is a Georgia team that you do not want to let them be firing on all cylinders, and you do not want to give them any type of momentum because if you give this Georgia team momentum, the game is over right then and there, and that's something that TCU is definitely going to have their hands full going up you know, going up against a team like Georgia that is also very well coached. That's the one thing with this game. You have two really coached, two really well coached teams. 
you know, Coach Dykes at TCU, what he's been able to do in his first year, you know, as the head coach at TCU, it's just absolutely unimaginable, right? Nobody expected him to go have an undefeated regular season, make it to the Big 12 championship game. Yes, they did not win that, but to make it to the college football playoff, which is something that, well, I mean, really, no other Big 12 team outside of Oklahoma has been able to do, it's just unfathomable. And then also to win a college football playoff game, I would have called you crazy and said you were on drugs if you told me that about about what about a year ago. So I mean, it's been an absolute miracle season for TCU for Georgia. They were expected to be in this point, or expected to be here, you know, at SoFi Stadium at the end of the season. We all predicted it. So I think a lot of the pressure is not going to be on TCU in this game. It's a lot of it's going to be on Georgia because for TCU, no one no one expected you to be here. Everybody counted you out. For Georgia. Everybody expected you to be here, and nobody counted you out. Nobody doubted the, the fact that you would be here. So this is going to be a real great battle between two really solid teams that are both very well disciplined. And I think at the end of the day, as as much as as much as my gut tells me go Georgia, and I know my pick last week when I picked Michigan over, or I picked TCU over Michigan, that was part of me being a homer. But so when I'm looking at this game now. TCU with a healthy Quentin Johnston, hopefully Kendra Miller, who banged up his ankle a little bit last week in the Fiesta Bowl. He'll be able to come back healthy. Max Duggan still is playing at a great level. I just It's hard because of how pumped TCU's defense was last week, which is something I personally have not seen in a while. The way that they were able to stuff the run of um, – of Michigan, which has such a great offensive line. I mean, th I mean, they won the best offensive line unit in the country award for a reason, right? It wasn't just for, you know, just giggles, right? So, in this game, to make my pick, I gotta be, I gotta go with my team. I'm gonna say TCU. They're gonna pull off one of the most historic upsets you will ever see, as they will take down Georgia in a close game. Now. Once again, I'm partially being a homer because, I mean, to be frank, if your team was in this position, I know darn well you'd be picking your team, so don't come yelling at me because you all know y'all would do the same darn thing. But I think this is going to be a great matchup. I love both of these teams facing off because they both have a lot of similarities. I mean, a lot of similarities. Both are very veteran groups. Both have a decent amount of NFL prospects on each side of the football. So this is going to be a fun matchup to watch. I hope you all are tuning into it on Monday. I mean, this game... This one's going to be one for the ages, and for TCU, this is a chance to really prove themselves as the football program in the state of Texas. You know, not A&M, not UT, but the TCU University, or the Texas Christian University. So, guys, I'm picking TCU. Let me know who y'all think. I know a lot of y'all are going to probably think Georgia, and rightfully so, because, I mean, they won the SEC. They're going, they're going into this game 14-0, and and, I mean, rightfully so. They should probably end up being a favorite, but I still think TCU having their backs again, backs against the wall, being the underdogs, they perform the best when they are in this position, and that's why I'm going to pick my Horn Frog. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today's preview episode of the 2022 College Football National Championship game. It's so sad to think that after this game, we're going to have to wait until about April just to get spring games, and then we're going to have to wait all the way until early September, until we actually get football back. This season flew by way too quick, but it's been an absolute blast being able, you know, my first real year of being able to make these preview episodes and recap episodes and, and catching up with college football episodes. I mean, it's truly been such a blessing to do this every single day for y'all. So, guys, truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for allowing me to be able to continue to do this. I hope y'all continue to check out the episodes because during the offseason, we're going to be posting catching up with college football episodes which are going to be pretty much weekly recaps of all of the stuff that went down 
in the college football world. So, guys, once again, thank you so much, and I will catch y'all back here. I'm going to say on Tuesday, I'll catch y'all back here on Tuesday as we're going to have a recap of the 2022 college football national championship game. So, guys, see you then. I hope y'all enjoy the game, and have an absolute great weekend, guys. See you then.